So, question for you, Kyle. Um, do touchdowns matter? I would say touchdowns you are would, You would say they'd matter, right? Okay. Uh-huh. Um, so they're not just another reception in a different part of the on the different part of a field to you? Who said that? <laughs> so Sunday for the games, I had multiple people over, and I was talking with good friend Joe DeZazzo. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, so he was talking about how we were talking about Gronkowski being one of the most uh, dominant tight ends, maybe the most dominant of all time. Fair, uh-huh. maybe arguably the best. Uh-huh. And he was like, if other people were in New England system, they feel he could do as good as Gronk because he just got a lot of touchdowns. And so I was, and he compared him to someone like Jason Witten, who no, got more there's catches. No there's no yeah. comparison. There's but yeah. no comparison. Yeah. Okay. I'm just, and so what his his argument was, hey, so I can just get. Like, a touchdown is a, a reception in a different part of the field, so, like, he doesn't weigh him as, as heavy as some other people do. And that I was a, like... That is quite a literal breakdown of a touchdown. Well, yeah, yeah, sure, it's in a different part of a field, but, you know, Jason Witten, <laughs> Jason Witten's about as... I don't want to say an average of a tight end as you can get, but, I mean, that's, like, that's pretty much what you're going to get as a tight end. You want someone who can block, who can also receive. He does that, what an average tight end can do to, like, the max level. Gronk is, you know, what you'd want out of a receiving tight end on top of a great of his, like he blocked, who was it? He blocked Chase Young one on one. You can't, he, what other tight end can do that? He Where became, you leave him one on one. You can't do that. And as much of a threat as he is, in, as far as receiving, as far as just being able to catch in traffic, make any sort of catch, really be downfield. No, Gronk in his prime is not just like Jason Wynn. No one can get deep like Gronk can. No one can run like Gronk can. Like, go pull up some of those Gronk highlights in his prime. Not not anyone's doing... Excuse me, not anyone's doing that. Let alone fucking he Jason Wynn. He was the yeah. most dominant tight end to ever play. I mean, we, I mean in, 20, in 2018, when the Patriots beat the Rams, they used him as a left tackle. He was just a six offensive lineman during that hole. But then in the Super Bowl, I believe he had six catches for 78 or 87, one of the two yards, and he had that big play against the Rams to really get them in the to get them to their lone touchdown of the game in the fourth quarter. But Gronkowski's an animal, and so we were talking about that. We had a lot of talk. I had people over here for the games on Sunday, and yeah, no, I mean, no games. one's no one's, no one's as big of a weapon as Gronk is. I mean, you know, it's easy to say, and I've heard, I think I've said it myself, and Patriots fans have said it, like, it's, it's easy to say, like, oh, Brady didn't have these weapons during uh, his time in New England. He had Gronk, and that one time it was Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, which at one point could have been, you could have made the argument it was one and two in tight ends. Yeah, it and was- Gronk, it's, it's so far ahead of what Gronk is, I don't know why we're going on with it still. I'm still kind of going on with it, but... Uh, whatever. Gronk is so far ahead of even whoever the number two person is as a tight end in NFL history, whether you want to say it's Tony Gonzalez or Antonio Gates or whoever. It's a gap on how talented and skilled Gronk is on every level, from blocking to receiving to everything else. He's just such a weapon, you know? But, uh, yeah. Anything, <laughs> anything is possible? Anything is possible. No, it was a great weekend of football. Um, that <sighs> Four, third and 14 and he scrambled when he started to scramble out I was like okay oh, wow. you just went right uh, into it. yeah I was uh, like he's gonna take six yards good out of bounds because why not be but there was just no one in front of him and he was like 
I can get a first down here, and he was a yard away, and then fourth down came by. I thought they were, I thought he was going to call a timeout or whatever, but no, he yeah. went for it on I, one of the gutsiest calls I have ever seen in a football game ever. Yeah, his that whole series, which really wasn't that long to end the game, was all pretty ballsy. You know, uh, first of all, you know, Mahomes goes down. Game looks over at one point, especially after the Browns fumble on the goal line mm-hmm. in the second quarter. Because I think it was still, was it 17-3 when that happened, or 10-3 maybe? Uh, I think it was 10-3 and they went down the score. I could be wrong by that, but it... Either that, way, I've seen the that game play was, was deflating. Definitely deflating, because, I mean, you got to stay with the Chiefs. You got to put up points. And, uh, you know, Browns were driving. Baker was doing his thing. Fumble on the on the one. Ball goes out. Touchback. Chiefs get it back. And, yeah, I can't remember if they score there. Whichever. They seem in control. Reason why I heard also was Browns get it back at the end of, or at the start of the second half. So, it was 16-3 on the fumble. Chiefs go down, get a field goal, 19-3. Browns get it back, and then forget the exact events, but you know, eventually Mahomes goes out with that concussion. It was like eight minutes left in the third quarter. It was early on. I didn't realize looking back that it was that early on, but yeah. it really was. Like it had multi- a lot of time without Patrick Mahomes, and that was and- already after the Browns had scored. So it, mm-hmm. they had some momentum, and then Mahomes goes out, and you could see right from that hit, obviously, that he probably wasn't coming back. The way he got up it looked like he took fucking right cross from Mike Tyson. It was odd because he didn't even look like he got hit that hard. I think yeah. like he got maybe hit on the back of his head by the helmet on the other side, like something. Yeah. Or maybe the hand around head, the neck or head something. He might have slammed against the against the grass too. But yeah, so he's concussed and he gets up woozy and then you could just feel the momentum switch and I'm not going to lie, I was nervous for Chiefs fans. Like I that would be such a shitty way to lose being up big and then your starting quarterback let alone be it, you know, Pat Mahomes goes yeah. out. Like, I can't even imagine what they felt. Um, Did you talk to Aaron at all? Yeah, he was just nervous as hell. Yeah, I can't Im- and, I can uh, imagine. All the Chiefs fans, yeah, they were just besides themselves. And uh, yeah, it was crazy to watch because, you know, that's one kind of comfort you have, though, when a, with an offense like that, with a backup quarterback. You're like, all right, we got all these weapons. Mm-hmm. He's going to take advantage of it, which he did. Started off, then he throws that lollipop in the end zone. You're like, oh, man, like what's going to go on? And a great, re- I mean, and a great coach in Andy Reid that's also going to yeah. help you out, too. Who's going to call a good game. And, uh, yeah, going back to what you said at the end of the game there, you know, it's second down, and I see them in the shotgun, and I'm like, why? Why the hell would they pass here? You know, yeah. like, and he drops back, gets sacked on second down, causes a third and 14. And you're like, shit, now what's going to happen? Rolls out, almost picks up that first down. That was crazy enough that you thought he got it. And then you, me and Joe are watching upstairs, and we see him line up from the shotgun on fourth down. We're like, nah, they're not really going to no, take I, this. And I, it even seemed at first that they were just trying to draw him off sides. Then they snapped the ball. It's just kind of one of those oh shit moments, like... It was about as risky of a call as you could have. Like he didn't need to call it, you know, especially where they are. If they don't pick that up, they're at the fifty yard line, and uh, the Browns are rolling at that point. You kind of give the Browns the edge, like, but they picked it up. You know, I guess that's why they're Andy Reid. I made it made Tony Romo go insane. I know that yeah. he, he started. He was just yelling. He he was beside himself. Um, that was kind of one of the highlights of the weekend too. Listen to Tony Romo, Honestly. like. I, that was a genuine reaction from him too, which was it was funny. Uh, some some people kind of 
take that as like how much he loves the Chiefs and all that. But no, I think he was just genuinely just like us was like shocked that he actually went for it, picked it up like with the AFC championship on the line. That's just ballsy. There's no other way to put it. You know, I've never gotten like a quote unquote Homer feeling from Tony Romo with anything like of who he likes and who he doesn't personally. I, get, I think he, he just, just loves quarterback. Play, I was going to say know? he just loves quarterback play and loves football so much <laughs> yeah, that does. he's just like a fan He's like the most knowledgeable fan you'll ever get to deal with, and, and it's beautiful because like he really explains the game well, but he's fun to listen to because yeah. he's like genuinely happy and like genuinely shocked when things go on, and not just trying to sit there and do a job. I've said this to you countless times since Romans took over in the NFL. I wish we had the NBA equivalent of him, and we almost had that really in Stan Van Gundy. He was doing. An amazing job, and mm-hmm. then he took the Pelicans' job, so that that went out the window pretty quickly. Like yeah. it was pretty cut and dry. But uh, so I'm gonna go with Mike Breen because Mike Breen is <laughs> there's not a voice I'd rather honestly hear in all sports than Mike Breen commentating. Yeah, he's great. He's great. I, with what I he love does Mike. <laughs> I love Mike Breen so much. And uh, I'd actually, I think I've mentioned this before, either on Twitter or somewhere, but I would. I would pay to hear Tony Romo do NBA games. He would be great mm-hmm. at NBA games. I would, if there was a way we could make that happen, I would do it. But uh, he's knowledgeable enough, and actually, know he played basketball, so he definitely yeah. would know basketball enough. I mean, I'm not sure if he could get into all the nuance. Yeah, I don't he know for what the Mavericks he, that one game. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but yeah, that, no, nah, that definitely would, be good. But no, it was a great weekend of football. Um, Bucks, you went four Saints. and all. Oh yeah, with your, with your picks. But uh, yeah, Saints Bucks. That was a good game. Pretty much how we thought except you know Drew Brees I wasn't expecting Drew Brees to throw three picks and mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting the Saints to turn it over four times For that's sure. what I wasn't kinda expecting kind of sucked because that last one by Brees wasn't really his fault hit his receiver in the bicep and mm-hmm. it kind of that was it really after the game yeah but good game aside from that good games all weekend really um, I wish cutting to the Baltimore game kind of wish that played out differently uh, it just didn't play out well for them because that mm-hmm. was a great game too up until the pick six, which was an mm-hmm. entertaining moment, obviously. And then, uh, you know, Lamar goes out with a concussion. So we lose Lamar and Patrick Mahomes to concussions this weekend. Yeah. And then, the last two MVPs. Yeah, right. And then, uh, and then their backup comes in, and uh, he actually puts together a great drive. And then his offense doesn't help him out at all once they get to that red zone. And, uh, yeah, it's one of those moments that I think people one day are going to chalk up and this happens a lot in the playoffs people are going to chalk that up as oh Lamar got hurt and that was it like the Ravens lost but no they really had a chance to make that a 17-10 game with some change to go and uh, I think it was Dobbins drops one on third down mm-hmm. right near the end zone and that was pretty much the ball game yeah um because yeah that had potential to be kind of a ending similar to the Chiefs Browns too but just wasn't in the cards but four I, entertaining games yes I'm my I'm happy. My preseason picks are pretty much the exact same as what happened. The only difference is I had the Ravens instead of the Bills, but the Bills almost got I mean the Ravens almost got there, so I almost was four for four. But I had and I have Tampa Bay and KC. I am very excited. I'm excited for the games this weekend. The weather's not gonna be great in either situation as of right now. I think it's supposed to be thirty Impossible snow in, sounds like a storm in Green Bay. Yeah, thirty impossible snowstorm in Green Bay and forty impossible rain showers in KC. Mm, damn, 
I did not know that. That's so I was I looked it up because of FanDuel purposes. I already doing my research, but, <laughs> <laughs> but no. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. But I mean, you got two quarterbacks in Kansas City who can cut through all the elements in Mahomes and if Josh. Mahomes if, I'm assuming I, he'll play. But. He, everything that I've heard so far sounds like he's gonna he should be okay. And then you have probably. Arguably the two best bad weather quarterbacks to ever play in Rodgers and Brady in Lambeau. Yeah, I don't know. I can't attest to Rodgers. Obviously, he's used to it in Green Bay, but Brady for sure. Brady for short. Rodgers has played in a lot of bad weather. Rodgers has been phenomenal, actually, in bad weather games. Because there's been other quarterbacks in the 80s and 90s who... Oh, yeah, there's definitely other ones, but you you can argue, but they're two of the top ones for sure. It's going to be such a fun weekend. I'm so excited. So what's... You got Brady winning at Green Bay? I've got Tom... I've got the Buccaneers winning 28-27 to over Green Bay. I have that coming down to late game drive by Tom Brady. I think it's going to be 20... I think it may be 27-21 and Tom needs a touchdown. And they get one. I think it'll probably be the like a Leonard Fournette run one yard rushing touchdown. Mm-hmm. I think they'll get all the way down there and then Fournette will punch one in. And then I have I have the Chiefs over the Bills thirty one to twenty four. So you have shootouts I have, in both of these bad weather games. Where it's usually, you know, you need running a run game and running the ball is really important, but you have these guys slinging it no matter what. I do on the way with the Bills, the way they looked last week, they look like they're gonna go down throwing the football. They didn't run. They yeah, just didn't said try to run. they just said no, I'm not running. And Mahomes, I don't think the el- so far the elements haven't seemed to matter to him. I mean, he has a type of arm where it doesn't. If it's really, I don't know. If it's gonna be heavy rain, it that's, does, that's a recipe for run. I don't know. Both teams don't run well, so I I think they're still gonna throw and. Possibly, depending on the weather, I could end up being a, a twenty-seven to twenty game. But I genuinely think that the I think it'll be thirty one twenty-eight. I don't have scores for you yet. Personally, I got I got Chiefs and Green Bay in the Super Bowl, and I think that's pretty much what it's been since the beginning of the postseason for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. Like Green Bay has had Super Bowl written all over. Well, them. They like, have been clicking since since the second half of the year. They just everything you, you can just tell. How, like in certain post game interviews, like how Rodgers conducts himself, it just isn't like years past. You can tell he's just so focused on winning and nothing else. Um, and they got such a good team. They're such a complete team. I would be honestly like Tom Brady in the Bucks offense, regardless. Like as much as I love Tom, I don't see it happening. I really don't. Um, it could happen. It sure could. Like no shit. But I don't know. I think. I think it just got Green Bay written all over this year. And I would not be surprised. I mean, obviously, we got some weeks before this. I would not be surprised at all for Green Bay to win against KC or whoever. But I think if anyone was going to beat KC, it would be Green Bay. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think bad it's going to be luck. KC and Green Bay. Bad luck that Rodgers is probably going to get MVP. <laughs> Could be. Yeah, yeah MV- that's a thing. Uh, that's a I thing. looked it up the other day, and MVP hasn't won the Super Bowl since Kurt Warner in 99. Damn. I yeah, believe. You- yeah, you did mention that last podcast. Um, it's been it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. I was, I was looking it up the other day because I was going through all the MVPs, and there's been I think they're zero and eight since Kurt Warner. I want to say this: Green Bay Packers are one and zero in Super Bowls in years that Lil Wayne releases Green and Yellow. That was ten years ago, 
2010 season, 2011 Super Bowl, 2020 season, 2021 Super Bowl. Loane re-releases a new version of Green and Yellow. Oh, did he? I yep. didn't even hear it. Yeah, last weekend. And, uh, How and was he, it? He was in attendance for the game as well. Uh, it was good. It was good. You know, Wayne Wayne delivers. I actually like it better than the first one. Oh, do you? But uh, Over the same, over black and yellow? Yeah, it was again? a little different. It wasn't the same style. Like, mm-hmm. the other one was more exactly how black and yellow was. Yeah. You'd have to listen to it. It's a good... Lil Wayne's killing everything he's on. I haven't said this. I haven't got the chance to talk about it for whatever reason, but No Ceilings 3, he came out with an A and B side. I don't want to say it's just as good as the first one, because the first one's obviously legendary, and, you know... It's a classic. It's a classic, 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 classic mixtape. Like, that's how classic No Ceilings is to me. Um, But he... Lil Wayne is rapping. Lil Wayne's on his bullshit again. Like, he is in shape. Like, I would not be surprised if he drops, like, two or three more mixtapes, whether it's an album, too, on top of that. But I would not be surprised to just see him going back to killing people on their own songs again this year. Like, that's how that's the kind of focus he seems like he's on. If we're talking about focus, like, yeah. in the booth right now. Like, kill Green and Yellow, kill the No Ceilings. And he got pardoned by Trump yesterday. So, uh, <laughs> who knows? Like, Lil Wayne, I would not be surprised if he just added to his arsenal again in 2021. And not even like in the underrated way like he yeah. really go ahead and listen to no ceilings like he really killed that mm. like highly recommend that i'm very interested to see what comes out for music this year i know i'm too supposedly drake's should, supposed to come this month i was gonna say drake should have i thought drake was gonna be at left. the end of last year but drake should be because he said january mm-hmm. um kendrick should be at some point i know J. Cole probably will be at some point. There's a lot of artists who should be coming out. Joey Badass as well should be coming out. It's going to be a great music year. I really believe that. Yes. Uh, I'm getting less and less optimistic that we'll be able to, you know, go to shows or go to, go to like, sporting events this, this year. Like, mm-hmm. I'm getting less and less optimistic about that. But we, I, will, I, I need it by be- the end of this year. I need it. And the reason why I need it is I believe I looked this up. I believe... Tampa Bay. Yeah, they come play, to New England. I was going to say, play in New England. I need that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I really don't think it's going to happen. I need I'm that. I'm getting less and less optimistic, which is unfortunate because I don't know if I could do another year of last year, but it's looking that way. Um, but do you, yeah. Uh, do you know if there's going to be a shutdown at all? No, no, actually, I don't. Do you like know a if government shutdown? Yeah, another government shutdown. I doubt it here. Who knows everywhere else? Um, you know, the cases have been whatever they've been here it's been pretty quiet but yeah um who knows like who the hell knows we got i mean tomorrow's inauguration day so who knows what'll happen under the biden administration with tomorrow's going to be a i feel like it's going to be a wild day could be another one could be another wild day especially after like the capital riots and all that that happened yes tomorrow's hopefully tomorrow's a silent day but i hope so i very much hope so for biden's sake and the rest of the people at that that are their sake yeah, they should probably just zoom that shit, honestly. They probably shouldn't do anything in person, but we'll see. Um, by the way, rest in peace to Mac Miller. Today would have been his 29th birthday. Oh, rest in peace. And uh, I want to say it's a few other people's, a few other legends' birthdays today, which is mm-hmm. crazy. It's Aquarius season. Shouts to all the other fellow Aquariuses out there. But uh, Kyle, um, 10 days. Ten days or six days. So <laughs> that's that's another story for another day, though. So uh, yeah, birthday week next week, celebrating all week. So uh, yeah, throw some gifts my way, throw some love my way. You know how it is. But uh, throw out your cash app. <laughs> yeah, Venmo, Venmo, oh, sorry, Venmo? cash app for me. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, I might have to throw that out too. <laughs> but yeah, now we went all over the place there with uh, from Lil Wayne. So music, who you said you're looking forward to? Obviously Drake and Kendrick. I really thought Kendrick would have came out last year. I did too. Forgot to bring up to you. This is a while ago. Did you ever hear his verse on Busta Rhymes album? Because that yeah. was great verse yeah i think that was an older verse release or older verse recorded but came out like now but it sounded but yeah no he that's a great album two buses albums yeah no i listened to that too i like the you with anderson pack pock as well Uh uh-huh that song's good yeah it's been quiet the first two weeks of 2020 not anything really i want to say not noteworthy but nothing crazy usually especially that first week you would at least get something but nothing yet and i haven't heard anything really that's coming out whether it's this week or next so i don't know we'll see how january ends hopefully that means a big february if january is quiet yeah hopefully um i'm excited battle big battle rap event this weekend headlined by tay rock and averb i am uh-huh. i'm excited it's going how to many be event, events has there been because i haven't heard you talk about battle rap in a um there was minute, an event there was a quote-unquote super fight event it was a DNA and Gichigati, if you remember the double XL, yeah, or the BET, sorry, the BET, they they actually had like an actual battle instead of the ones that they had for the twenty five k, yeah. Uh, so there was that event, and then there was one at the end of December, but like they throw events, they throw like major ones every three to four weeks because they're able to set it up like that. But wait, wait, wait. So that's this weekend, so you said Saturday. Yes. What time? So I want to say seven. A little earlier, I want to say we're, seven. We're probably gonna get the McGregor fight here. Oh, are, are we? Oh, yeah, I was gonna talk to you about that. I, okay, good news news for me, but I not that I care, but yeah, all would right. You, would you want it? You gonna are you gonna be able to because that, um, that'll probably start around 10 or 11. Um, I mean, I probably be watching that down here and then I can go upstairs. I mean, yeah. either way, I mean, either my way. guess is it'll be starting around the time this is ending. Yeah, I mean, because you'll have the prelims that go from 8 to 10, so, I mean, and there's no crowd, so that cuts down battle time to so much. So, it'll probably, honestly, be over with before the actual card starts, mm-hmm. and all just the prelims. So, yeah, I'd watch it, no problem. Which brings me to last weekend, the first Fight Island of 2021 for the UFC. I was watching that. That was ending. Like, the main event for that, which was Max Holloway versus Calvin Guitar was ending pretty much as the first half of the Green Bay LA Rams game was winding down. So I'm flipping in between. Didn't Holloway go off or something like that? That was unbelievable. Like I, I as much as I was trying to pay attention to the game, Max Holloway, that boy got hands, right? He put on a boxing clinic. Daniel Cormier compared him to Muhammad Ali. And it's like hard not to say that mm-hmm. he didn't look like that. Obviously he mixed in some kicks and some elbows, but he he like beat the shit out of this dude for five straight rounds. And he didn't fall. Like, he went down, but he didn't get knocked out. And I don't know how. He landed, he threw something like 700 punches and was just, I don't know how to explain it. You'd have to see the highlights. Like, he just looked untouchable. Like, he was so much quicker, so much faster, and was just precision with his hands. And then with his kicks, obviously, too. Like, he he looked like an unbelievable fighter. Like, he really put on a clinic. And uh, so much so that he said he would be available for this weekend. That's how confident he was. <laughs> and then he did, this was unbelievable. He did one of the most like crazy shit I've ever seen in the ring. He, or octagon, I should say, because it's not a boxing ring. So he's, this is near the end of the fight in the fifth round. He's throwing hands. He points to the commentating crew, right? Like yep. he starts talking shit. Then he points to them again. He starts talking, says, 
looks away from the fighter, points to the commentating crew and says, I'm the best fighter in the UFC. Throws a no-look jab, right? Mm-hmm. Throws a no-look jab, then dodges. Punches coming at him without even looking. Like, he, he was in such a zone. Like, <laughs> that was one of the most, at, at, like, incredible athletic feats you'll see regardless. Like, yeah. that boy was in shape as far as, like, go watch the highlights of that because that was crazy. I was like, I heard Scott Van Pelt talking about Damn. it, but I never even, I never looked at it, but I did hear Scott Van Pelt talking about it on the late show. I hope. I hope he, uh, like, if they somehow find a way for him to fight on back-to-back weeks, like, I would, if he won on back-to-back weeks, I wouldn't be surprised. That's how great he looked. Yeah. Like, man, that, and he fights, I believe, out of the featherweight division, which is a loaded division for the UFC. That got me real hyped for this coming week in front mm-hmm. of McGregor fight. And he hasn't fought in a year, and uh, I guess he released some sort of little video for a preview of where he looked motivated. So I'm ready. And that could lead to a second McGregor-Khabib fight. Because Khabib was trying to be lured out of retirement this week by Dana White, and he didn't say no. And uh, it could, it could be a very dramatic year in the UFC. It could be a very entertaining year in the UFC. John Jones moving up to heavyweight. He's apparently already up to 250. I'm ready. You know, kind of like you, how you've gotten into battle rap over this last year and yeah. a half, two years. That's me with the UFC. Like I'm really starting to immerse myself as a fan. And uh, man, I I'm ready for this weekend. That on Saturday football game Sunday and then we had the uh, MLK games all day yesterday but especially the Nets Bucks Mm -hmm. Lakers Warriors combo two great games back to back yes Kevin Durant as we said last all the way back and he's all the way looking like he's the second best player in the world like he or the best like that's honestly how he he's looks. looking like, like he, the best but I'll say I'm going I would say LeBron's better but he just inserted himself like Okay, I'm out here. I came back. I'm just inserting my name above 99.9% of the league. It's me and LeBron at the top. I don't care about anyone else. He he just came back looking like that. He took him 3 games to get into rhythm and even those 3 games look good. Yeah, I'm so impressed with how him especially and John Wall coming off the Achilles mm-hmm. look, but yeah, Durant doesn't look like he missed one minute of basketball, let alone a full season, and that makes I was say, that makes you believe more for Clay Thompson. Like, okay, yeah, I think you know because really those type of injuries are mostly mental. They say, yeah, so I think that'll be the thing. But the way John Wall and Durant have just come back and said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna just go on ball," yeah. it should look great for Clay, especially how he's not, mm-hmm. you know, relying on athleticism. But yeah. Durant, I don't know about you, but last night. I know the NBA's been back for a few weeks, but it really felt back last night. Like it's felt weird without the fans, even like the sixty-two with mm-hmm. Seth. Like, but last night something about it. Like it really felt like the NBA was officially back. It's last like night, last night was Rest like in peace the Doctor King, by the way. Yes, and happy belated. Last night was kind of like what Christmas Day is. Kind of. That's kind of how it felt. Because yeah. like Christmas Day came and it was two days after the NBA season really started, so like mm-hmm. you didn't get the basketball is back effect to it for mm-hmm. me as much because normally it's like oh a month goes by and then it hits like this year for me it was kind of like the same thing that MLK just stamped it like okay basketball is back here even with football going on it just basketball I think even then here. though there was a different intensity to it like it's felt weird without the fans and this one it just felt kind of like how it did at the bubble like oh they're just getting at it now like because you had I mean also it helps too when you have arguably the two best teams in the East, and then you have the LeBron-Steph kind of mm-hmm. dynamic where it always 
regardless of how the Warriors aren't up to the up to par with the Lakers, that's still dynamic. They of, match up well with the Lakers. I was looking at the, just their starting five. I'm looking at. I'm like, the this Warriors, would be a good seven game series. The Warriors starting five matches up with pretty much every single team in the West just because mm-hmm. of the fact that they have Wiseman who actually can play big and they have Ubre and Wiggins when they commit on defense. Ubre has Wiggins actually has been playing a lot of defense this year comparatively when they can match up with any wing combination because there's not really more than two like they match up with Kawhi and Paul George. I mean not like they're equal. Yeah. But like nah, but you can they at least... can match up with them and it's not like a Substantial. You can give them mismatch. a B or a B plus to their yes. A plus with Paul George and Kawhi would be your A. You I know? mean, not that they're going to go and win this championship or they're going to be even in contention really for those final four, but nah. like they can, they can, they're going to be a tough out for teams. And if they made it, like they could make it to the second round depending on their matchup. Yeah. Ubre is just going to make shots because he's always going to bring it. Wiggins, as anybody who's watched Wiggins, Timberwolves, Timberwolves fans will tell you. If he can just fucking consistently just be a person and not be what Andrew Wiggins is, which is one minute look like fucking Kawhi Leonard and one minute look like just another yeah, guy. This year, he's actually been playing much better than he has in years past. I've I would say that, but we there was all-star talk around Andrew Wiggins after the first two or three weeks last year, and he just reverted back into Andrew yeah, oh Wiggins. Oh, yeah. I mean, it definitely is not saying it's going to sustain. I'm just saying that from watching get multiple games... He's looked engaged always defensively and offensively, starting to find his niche as the second guy. Like yeah. He's starting to actually really assert himself and fine with going one-on-one and not not only hesitating to only try to run through Steph, which obviously you're going to need to, but at we'll the same time, he needs to go. Too. We'll see with him. There's too many moments where I still am like, oh, shit, I forgot number 22 is out there. So if he can get past that, hopefully, because, I mean, yeah, that's a if he can be... And all-star level Andrew Wiggins, that's just another piece on itself to the Warriors. I'd like to see the Warriors if they can. I don't know how they can. They can add a little bit of depth, especially defensively. That could that could make them especially dangerous in the playoffs. Because their mm-hmm. five's good, but they can go they still get behind, you know, too much like thirteen points down. They do. They need they need a three and D kind of guy. Uh-huh. They do have they can go about a comfortable seven, seven. to eight deep. And I think with they got Pascal off the bench and Looney, they can go there. And then it's Damian Lee who can shoot. Kent Bazemore, who is re- they're really just they're spark guys. And then Brad Wanamaker, they're like three spark guys, but not guys you really solely want in your rotation. If they could add one more definitive rotational piece, they would be a tough out for a lot of teams. I'll be really interested to see what they look like twenty five thirty games in once. Kerr really finds the rhythm of this team mm-hmm. and what he wants. I know they signed Jeremy Lin to their G League squad, so he'll eventually join their NBA roster. Yeah. Um, but that's not going to help their defense. But I don't know. I'll be really interested because they've, as we've seen, they've come back on the Clippers, come back on the Lakers yesterday. You know, there's there's something there. There's something yes. there for sure. And, uh, you know, the standings are still weird. They're still, from top to bottom, from 1 to 15 in both conferences, they're still pretty close so you know we should get some separation here within the next few weeks we have Kyrie coming back tomorrow and uh, I have not been I can't remember the last time I was this excited to see like a new team really form together than the Nets because mm-hmm. man if like they already look dangerous and like you and as everyone <laughs> has seemed to float around is you know trade Kyrie and get a big man and get some pieces if they do that then yeah they're good but also 
if they can somehow make this work and just be explosive on offense and just pick and choose when they're going to, you know, kind of go at them. Because we've seen Harden defer to Durant, which, you know, is no real surprise because it's Kevin Durant, A, mm-hmm. and B, this is their second go-around together, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's scary, those two together. And they can make a run just to themselves, you know? If that's what, that's why I don't think they need Kyrie. If you just take Kyrie off of that team and add... If you would have just taken Kyrie off of that team and you were able to keep Jared Allen and not even Karis LeVert, but one other, I can't think of everyone in that trade right now. But if you're able to keep two of those role players, you could. I would be confident that they could go all the way. I mean, Joe Harris. Is I a felt shoot. that way without Harden with no, just Kyrie and KD I, too. I agree. I was gonna say I didn't. I had them in the finals losing in seven to the Lakers. So I mean, I thought they were gonna get there anyway. But you're just with. James Harden, you're just upgrading from Kyrie in mm-hmm. about every aspect, and he's and you know he's gonna show up. One thing Harden does is show up. Yeah, literally show up. Yeah, like literally like Kyrie. Yeah. Kyrie when he plays, unless unless you're talking about Milwaukee series with Boston, yeah. like Kyrie when he plays, he's gonna play hard. He's gonna play hard. It's just I don't know if he's gonna be suited for game time. <laughs> yeah. Like I I know Harden's gonna be there. That's for sure. That's for sure. Even when Harden just wanted to eat his way out of Houston, <laughs> he's still there for the game at least. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I'm really interested to see. Because if Kyrie buys in, who knows? Like, literally, who knows? Because that's going to be a walking 95 points for you on most nights. If Kyrie just is like, yeah, I'm going to go with this. And he shares the ball, which is completely possible. Oh, yeah. Because he did that in Boston for the first year especially. And uh, Yeah, midseason, when they really found their groove, they were looking tough. When Ky- right before Kyrie got injured the first uh-huh. season, like mid-season there, once they found their groove, they were looking. Because that was Kyrie's when he was average. He was like 20 points, 10 assists this game, or 28. And f- mm-hmm. like He was going back and forth. Tatum was getting his groove because he was really starting to emerge. Jalen Brown as well. Like They were all putting it together at that point, and then Kyrie got injured, and then that's Jason Tatum really ascended because he had to. If, uh, if Kyrie, if he's bought in, he just kind of... Gets over, you know, whatever happened these last few weeks. Hope everything's okay. I, we have no idea, so hopefully yeah. everything's okay. I know he said he had some personal stuff, so hopefully everything's yeah. okay on his end. And there's rumors it was about, like, you know, the social justice movement, yeah, especially sure. after the Capitol riots and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, Just needed some time. Yeah, some and if that's like that. the case, you know, if he buys in, listen, he's got Steve Nash coaching him, who's actually coaching. He's not just, you know, a body being Steve Nash, you know, talking to the stars here. It looks like he's actually coaching them and these guys are respecting him. Mm-hmm. You got Dan Tony, who's really got his hands all over the offense, who knows Harden well, who's, you know, the Andy Reid equivalent to the NBA. You know, he's yes. probably the best offensive mind to ever be in the NBA. So you have mm-hmm. that. They're going to try to figure it out. And it, it's as simple as that. If it doesn't work, they're going to try to trade him. And if they do, guess what? They're going to be fucking dangerous and probably in the finals. And mm-hmm. they're going to be doing what the Warriors are doing, which is you know, on the buyout market at some point, looking for who's going to add to their depth. And yeah, if they can for, find even anybody who can give them some rim protection or some on-ball defense to just give the three of those guys some relief, it's going to be dangerous for everybody. Yeah, I was going to say, you definitely, even though I say trade Kyrie, mm-hmm. he's there and you're not going to trade him tomorrow, you definitely try it out. Like, yeah. like at best, I mean, your best case scenario is you're going to have the three best one-on-one players on the floor and you're going to have three of the best shooters on the floor. three of the best shooters and three of the best four if not five players on the floor depending on what team you're playing yeah so they're gonna be in good argu- shape either way. arguably the two best players on the floor regardless of what team they're playing other than the lakers for sure and maybe the clippers like there's a couple teams that mm-hmm. 
Lakers, Clippers, and Bucks because of Giannis. But like you're pretty much going to have the two best players on the floor night in and night out for most teams. Yeah, and as we see, Harden's obviously bought in. You know, don't know if he had a triple double last night or if it was a near triple double. No, he had the thirty-two he and twelve assists and then one like eight, eight or nine rebounds. Yeah, he he's talk the way Harden's talking. He sounds ready he's like i need to work i need to get better at being a point guard getting everyone involved making sure so he just sounds like okay i'm sick i was sick of having to do everything i know what i can do but like it is really nice to have someone that i may even think is better than me Mm -hmm. like i have kevin it kevin durant is the of him and steph are probably the two easiest superstars to play with like since pretty much Tim Duncan, like they're like all so easy to play with because they really don't need the ball all that much, but they can go put up points in a hurry, and they're just good teammates, and they're gonna See, always work hard. It kind of ended sour in Golden State. Yeah, and it, it sounded like he wasn't the easiest in the last season, but yeah, re- as far as style of play, yeah, I was say, especially the style of play. Kevin Durant, when he's happy, seems very simple, like very easy. Because like that yeah. first year, no problem. They had one of the easiest, or like they coasted to a championship in 67 and 15, was one of the three greatest teams to ever be assembled, really, in my opinion. You can, that's arguable, but I think they're one of the three greatest teams ever, that 16-17 Warriors, personally. For sure. And, uh, yeah, Steph, Steph's very easy to play with, obviously. He thing with Steph that doesn't get brought up enough is how little he requires the ball. Yes. I don't know what his usage is this year, but in most years, he's usually down by like where role players are as far as usage. He's not even like you would think with him. Because he's really running off screens and all that. and So his impact on the game is immeasurable, really. You would think with... You would think with how lack of t- the lack of talent that he has this year comparatively to him in the few last few years, he would have the ball way more. He really doesn't. Like they still run the Warriors' offense. He just mm-hmm. more of the sets are going to just be for him compared to being some for Clay or some for Durant or some for whoever. It's just going to be more for him because he's clearly the best player by far. It's funny because a lot of their problems could be. Uh you know, reduced if Draymond somehow just went back to his 2016 form of being able to shoot the ball. If he could shoot 35% from three, everything would be... And he doesn't even look to shoot it. Yeah, no. He doesn't look to shoot it. He's, for whatever reason, that one year just kind of peaked, and then it was just really an aberration, Mm -hmm. you know. Who knows, but... And he's going to get more in shape, too, as the season goes on. He's going to be more impactful, so I cannot wait to see. I think we mentioned this last podcast. I don't know when everyone's going to start to pull away. Like, these schedules are weird, and games continue to be postponed, and everyone's just still lumped together. And uh, I'm waiting for people to get on their runs. And yeah, this is going to be an entertaining rest of the season. Yeah, I mean... And there's the, so many games that make up. We got that break coming up at some point in March, I believe, to where they split the season up. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot still to go on here. I mean, the difference between... Obviously, we're gonna get more. I think we're gonna get way more like Lakers, Warriors, and Lakers, Clippers, yes. given the proximity. So that'll be cool. And then we're gonna get more Celtics, Sixers, and the Nets. So we'll get a lot of these matchups more often than we normally would. Like the Lakers are the one dope. seed right now in the West, and the Nuggets are the eleventh seed. Mm-hmm. And there's four games between them. I understand yep, there's Nugget. only been like fifteen games really played so far, yep. but there's still. Nuggets and Mavs on the outside looking in right now. Nuggets, Mavs, and the Pelicans who are who are interesting in the East mm-hmm. right now. Uh, the Heat are on the outside looking in. Uh, 
And that's pretty much them and Toronto are the two teams that mm-hmm. I thought were going to make it in because Cleveland and New York yep. are in because New York's playing hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thibodeau, Tim's got them playing well. Say, he's doing a good job there. It makes it look like, hey, New York's a little promising right now. Mm-hmm. And it's it's good for them because finally they're at least playing hard. Yeah. They're at least like interesting. You don't go they and finally, like, oh, Knicks are going to get mopped again today. They finally got a direction. They got a professional coach in there. Mm-hmm. Um, RJ Barrett looks good. Julius Randle's Barrett playing out of this good. world right now for him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they make the playoffs. No. If they did, it would obviously be as an A seed. But they're looking in the right direction finally, which is good. Yeah, it's looking like a... You could at least get a B plus level market player to at least go there to start something. Maybe you never know. It all depends on what they feel with management and obviously yeah, they Dolan still have, does. They Dolan, still have their owner. Obviously, Dolan never helps anything. He's not going to help anything. So, yeah, he took over Donald Sterling's spot as far as worst owner in sports. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know about in sports, but definitely in the, in the NBA. NBA. Yeah, there's some but bad owners over sports. But it's close in sports though for him. Yeah, he's up there. Because the Knicks should be way more relevant over the last 20, 25 years than they've been. But that's no, for another day. There's no reason why Durant and Kyrie should have went to Brooklyn. They were supposed to go to the Knicks, and they didn't go to the Knicks. You know, That's the whole reason for the Porzingis trade. Everyone's looking at, looking at that going, all right, we see what's going to happen this summer. And they end up in Brooklyn. That's all you need to know. And, I mean, there was a world where my uh, Dwayne Wade and LeBron and Bosh, but especially Wade and LeBron, in 2010 go to the Knicks. And uh, did not happen. And then that would have probably been with Melo at some point. Yeah. Melo was originally... I remember... It's funny. I will always remember this. I remember randomly... This would have been way back in either high school or junior high. I remember this vividly. I just remember catching it randomly on ESPN that LeBron and Wade signed on their extension four-year deals. And Melo took what would have been like a six-year extension at that point, And they were mad at him for it. And I remember hearing that... And this was, again, years before they obviously got together. I remember hearing them going, like, why would they be mad at them? And it mm-hmm. <laughs> turns out that's exactly why, you know? And then Bosch ends up being that guy instead of Melo. But, yeah, it was originally supposed to be those three in 2010 getting together. Because they'd been scheming that up for a while, apparently. I don't know if you can get much better, like, really. Then, I'm, just, I'm just trying to think, like, com- Melo compared to Bosch in that situation. Like, you well, lose it, like... Yeah, Melo's a better all-around player, Bosch is the better fit as yeah, far as yeah, being the complimentary player. Like, I don't know if it works better. I mean, they still win chips. Like, Those three are the best of friends, it. so it would have been... They would have made, made it work. Melo would have locked in on defense because he would have saw... Because Melo can play defense. He just didn't. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, Melo picks and chooses. Like, when, he, when he played Kobe or when he played LeBron, he actually did a good job on both of them. They're just going to get theirs because they're Kobe and LeBron. But Melo just... Mel did a great job last year's playoffs, actually, on defense. Yeah. He really bought in. He can play when he wants to. He's athletic. He can play when he wants to. It's just like, eh, I'm going to play offense this game. So I'm I still not can't really believe we had that like eight-month stretch or a year stretch where people really thought in the NBA really like had Melo out the league. Like That will never make sense to me. I don't know what happened in Houston for it not to work out. But that, was, that seemed like the perfect situation to me. And now he's kind of in that six-man role in year 18 for him. And he just... He's obviously lost steps, but I mean, he can score may, with anyone still mm-hmm. on the, as far as one on one. So he's in the perfect role. But pff, shit, we can pl- split this up into two. I don't know what. Um, we'll be back later in the week. We got we reached a lot of different topics today. Fun. Yeah, it was good. It was it all was over the place, but I don't mind it. Um, this was Kyle, Keenan, and uh, this was the Warner Brothers podcast. Follow us on Instagram at the Warner Brothers podcast. 
We'll be back later in the week. This was a lot of fun. Uh, hit us with some topics because, uh, yeah, it's going to be no NFL soon, so we'll need more tops to talk about. So, uh, yeah, keep those ideas circling. So uh, we'll be back.